Uh, Matthew chapter 6, I, I noticed the time, and our Spanish service starts in 20 minutes. And, uh, but I have a message. Again, we've been on the series of Dare to Be a Daniel. Um, but uh, once again, I just feel like the Lord has is, is given something here that we need to uh, look at. Uh, other than that, we'll get back to that series. I'm enjoying that, and I hope you are as well. Matthew 6, verse 25 uh, through 34. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. And I want you to notice the word thought or the phrase take no thought as we read these verses. Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For, that, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, help me please. Amen. In Matthew chapter 5 and in Matthew chapter number 6, you find that Christ does some wonderful teaching. And uh, you, you ever read uh, where Christ is teaching his people? And uh, it's, it, it's amazing. I, I don't know about you. I've been in some meetings. I've been in uh, maybe at some uh, preacher's meetings or something like that where I sat there and thought, Man, that's good. That guy's really good. Boy, he's given some good stuff there. And uh, jotting it down, can you imagine hearing Christ teach? Can you imagine? Here's a woman that is about to be stoned to death. I won't get off track. She's about to die. And here's the master teacher stepping right up to the plate. And by the time he's done, all right, it's time to fulfill the law. You're ready to die. Where's your accusers? I don't have any. Well, you have to have at least two to die, so I guess you don't die today. Go and sin no more. And there he is with grace and truth. So once again, we find him in chapters 5 and in chapter 6 of Matthew doing some wonderful teaching that, by the way, if we would fulfill, we would be one successful believer. By way of introduction, you'll find it on the, the bottom of the YouTube. Just click that. It'll pull up the outline for you or on Instagram, same thing. But how to deal with people is one of the topics that he taught. We're not going to stay long on this, just trying to give uh, some thoughts here, and then we'll segue into the outline. But he taught them how to deal with people. And in that, he taught how to be the light and the salt of the earth. And by the way, that's what we are, whether we are in a normal time or we are in a pandemic. We are the salt and we are the light. And that's why I want to give this night because we need to know how to be that. And so we need to know how to deal with people. Uh, he taught them about their morals. He taught them about hate. He taught them about lust. He taught them about what to do when they're persecuted. So in Matthew uh, 5, he teaches them how to deal with people. There's a lot in there. In uh, Matthew 5 and 6, he goes in and teaches them how to pray. 
He shares the contrast of those that enjoy the public spiritual life versus those that understand the private spiritual life. It's one thing, as a, as a, as a preacher boy, I, I couldn't wait for my dad. He was my pastor uh, my whole life growing up, and I couldn't wait for my dad to say, it's preacher boy night, because that meant we got three minutes to get up and tell the world what we thought about everything, and then afterwards we would hear it and go, that wasn't even in the Bible. And, but we had fun telling them. And so, but there's a difference. There are those that love the public. And Jesus said, beware of that. He said, let me tell you how to pray when you go in your closet. And so he taught them how to pray. He taught about those that want to be seen of men versus those that really need to see God. And then he taught about how to deal with possessions. And right before we go into the verses that we are at, he teaches us and taught them that you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do both. Uh, This teaching here totally eliminates any believer believing that you can be spiritual and worldly and be okay. He said you can't do it. You will hold to the one and you'll hate the other. Or you'll love one and you'll despise the other. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. And so it's very important to understand as you're reading Matthew 5, you learn how to deal with people. As you're reading Matthew 6, you're learning how to pray. As you're reading Matthew 5 and 6, you're learning how to deal with possessions, not to let them have you. And not against having possessions, not against having things. I am against the things controlling me and my mind and my eyes ought to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we go into transition to where in these last verses of verses 25 through 34, he uses this phrase in in different ways, take no thought. Six times you find the word thought used in the text that we read tonight. The word thought is not, the the defining of that word is not what you and I would, would, would put now um, sorry, my, you know how my mind is so warped. I go back to Andy Griffith. So, you know, Gomer Powell putting that bucket on his head, taking a think under there because he wasn't thinking. And that's not what this is talking about. The word thought there is, is what he's saying is anxiety. To allow worry to take over your life. He said, do not allow that to dominate you. Because, okay, right now we're all anxious about things. We're anxious about health of family, uh, dealing with this. We're ta- we're uh, mentioned to our teens about praying for Joel every day uh, this week and uh, doing that on purpose because we're we're anxious about that. Uh, we're anxious about jobs uh, with you know what's going on and there's been millions of people that have lost their income and boy my heart breaks for that because there's nothing uh, that can hit like financial stress uh, about school. And uh, where some may think one problem's worse than the other, but you know what? When the problem's that person's problem, it's big. And I'm thinking about a, a little kindergarten that may not understand it, but mama, you do. And they're not going to get to graduate. That senior's not going to get to graduate. That college student, not going to get to graduate. And there's people, they get anxious about those things. They're anxious about uh, whether it be wearing masks or they're anxious about the unknown, what's going to happen tomorrow. And Jesus reminds us here to take no thought. Don't be anxious. Don't let anxiety take the, make, uh, rather take the best of you in your thoughts. So here's three things with some uh, thoughts about each. Number one, notice the reality of life. Notice the reality of life. Again, take no thought. That does not mean we're just a run rec- reckless. 
It doesn't mean we're to be like daycare kids, open all the doors and say, y'all be good. Somebody didn't think, all right? And uh, you need to be going with power and put the bucket on your head. But take no thought. It doesn't mean we're not to plan. It doesn't mean we're not to prepare. I've been at at places, at meetings even, God help, where somebody gets offended because a pastor has notes, because he has an outline, because he's prepared. Well, bless God, open your mouth and God will fill it. Yeah, he'll fill it with hot air. And uh, praise God for that. But he also filled this up here with a brain. And he told you to give yourself to study the word and to reading. And so, uh, but that's not what it's talking about there. We're not to be reckless and not have planning. Letter A, if if you're following the outline, we are to have a system of living. We are to have a system of living. God started it. Evening and morning were the first day. Evening and morning were the second day. He started the week. He taught us how to rest in Genesis. And he went through everything. Taught us how to work. Taught us how to create. Taught us how to rest. And uh, he taught us all that. He gave us this system. Scripture teaches us to be wise. To be prudent. So the Lord would never teach something that goes against what the Scripture tells us to do. Proverbs 27, 23 reminds us to be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks uh, and look well to thy herds. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 40 reminds us let all things be done decently and in order. So when a life is decently and in order, you won't be double-minded. Don't you hate losing things? Oh, drives me nuts. And nothing worse in the world. I, I know it. I, know. I was looking for something yesterday. And I called my wife, and I said, I know where it is. got to go look. And I had Jenny go look in the office, and I've not told her yet. She's watching now. And guess where I found it, babe? I was sitting in my truck, and I was studying. I always tried to go to a coffee shop and study. And uh, Caribou Coffee, they let me go get my coffee, but then I have to leave. And so I'm sitting out in the truck. I got the windows rolled down. I'm telling her exactly where it is in the office. It wasn't there. It was in the visor above my head. And so, but there's nothing in the world than not knowing where something is and let me say this if we are decently in an order we won't be double-minded and when you walk with an orderly God let me help you when you walk with an orderly God our life will match his influence our orderly life do we read this every day our orderly life does that son make his bed every morning Does that daughter pick up her room every day? Or does it look like Pearl Harbor number two? We need to have decent order. The reality of life, there's a system of living. But letter B, uh, look at this. We are not to stress about life. We're not to stress about it. Three times Jesus said, take no thought. Now, anything that Jesus would say one time should be enough. If he says it three times, we might want to listen. So Matthew 6, 25, he said, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink. So the first thing we're not supposed to think about is the fact that we're not supposed to worry about food. Okay? What David said, once been young, now I'm uh, old, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging bread. So we're not supposed to let anxiety, I don't, I don't know if every parent's this way, but almost every day when our kids were growing up, they get in the car for school. Uh, we going to eat? Are you going to eat? And, and I don't know why that made me so mad. And my response was, have you ever gone a day without eating? Yes, you're going to eat. And uh, no, I don't know what now, and I don't care right now. Uh, but uh, he said, don't let the anxiety. Uh, verse 31, therefore take not thought. Uh, look at the last part. Wherewithal shall ye be clothed? 
So when it comes to our clothes, when it comes to our food, when it comes to our, what we're going to drink, when it comes to what we wear, Matthew 6, 34, take there no uh, thought for the morrow. So we're not supposed to have anxiety about what's going to happen. So the reality of life, we are to have a system. The reality of life, we're not to stress over that life. But number two, look at the reasoning that's lacking. So as we are looking at this, because we're all human, am I right? So we've all stressed about certain things. We all can allow anxiety to come in. But look at the reality, or the reasoning rather, that's lacking. There are reasons found in in Matthew 6 here why we should not allow anxiety to rule in our life. The first one is this, letter A, we will become fleshly. We will become fleshly. Look what he said in verse 25 at the last part of the verse. He said, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? See, we're getting it backwards. He said, don't worry about it because I'll feed you. You're mine, I'll take care of you. And let me say this, I've never met a faithful tither, giver, faithful person to walk with God, win souls, be faithful to God's house. I've yet to meet one starving to death. I'll tell you, I've never met one. Uh, if you can find one, bring them by, I'll interview them, six feet. And, uh, but I haven't met one yet. And here it is, he, he said, is not your life more than meat? When we allow anxiety to rule our life, here's what's going to happen. We become more fleshly and less spiritual. So we will allow our flesh and, and we'll have to say yes to everything. And that's where we find ourselves addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to pornography, addicted to whatever it might be because we're so worried about our flesh. Well, I've got to be happy. Don't you know that? I'm an American. Uh, make me happy. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't allow that to consume your world. He said, because isn't your life, aren't you more important than that piece of cloth? Aren't you the real you more important than what you're considering to make yourself happy? Letter B, we'll become forgetful. We'll become forgetful. Verse 26, the last part. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Oh, I, I love this thought. God said, there's fowls of the air. There's birds. And he said, they don't reap, they don't sow. But guess what? He takes care of them. And your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not much better than they? Think about it. God creates everything. Is that right? Yes. And uh, he created everything. But there's only one creation he wants to fellowship with. He does not want to fellowship with a tree. He does not want to fellowship with an animal. He wants to fellowship with man. And we will forget that God made us And if God, the Bible says, will feed a fowl of the air, let me tell you something, he'll give you a feast. But it's going to take some people that understand that we can become forgetful. Next, we can become foolish. We can become foolish. Verse 26, look what he said. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Look look at this phrase. Are ye not better, much, much better than they? Okay. These are people that I've heard some of the craziest things. And I'd have to see it in documentation because I heard it on the news. And, of course, anything on the news or the Internet's true. But, um, but I've heard of people putting their cats in their will. God help. Number one, why would you have a cat? 
But number two, I'm not putting an animal in the will. Okay, my sons still have to earn their way into the will. And no, but I'm not going to put an animal in the will. Are you ridiculous? If the dog runs away, the dog runs away. Okay, and uh, but we are not. No, 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 no. God said there's fowls, there's beasts, there's, there's all this. Aren't you much better than they? He said the animals, and we'll become foolish. Verse 27, which of you take thought uh, can add one cubit unto his stature? What? Every little kid. I, I did it when I was in junior high. Man, I want to be tall. And man, there's got to be a way. Uh, there's got to be something we can do. Hang myself up in the closet, you know, like Barney and try to add a, uh, an inch to my stature. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. If your daddy's five foot two and mama's four foot nine, you ain't making it six foot, hoss. Accept it, all right? And unless God has a miracle in your life, you're stuck being short and welcome to this world, okay? That's all you can do. Anxiety, he said, wait a minute, you can't worry because anxiety does very little many times except make things worse. That's all it's going to do. We, it is very unwise, especially in times like this, okay? I'm for being informed, and Pastor Kettner and I, and, and, and Brother Randy, we talk a lot. We try to, uh, in the pastoral team, I praise God for them, because we, we try to do things right for our church, and trying to, uh, you know, what do you think? And we always have options going on, all right? Well, let's have this ready and this ready, and we're trying to do everything we can. I praise God for them, great deacons, checking on people. I mean, just this is a phenomenal church. But I can't let the what-ifs rule my mind. I can't let the what-ifs keep me up at night. Too many Christians and too many believers are not believing. And God said we have to quit this. We got to realize you're better than the clothes on your back. You're better than the steak or no steak. You're better than, well, I want to be this or I want to be that or maybe or what if. God said, stop. Don't you have a heavenly father in heaven that loves you and is, you're, you're better than that. This it, is good right here. All right, we got to hurry. Pastor Maud is going to come in here and run me out. Here we go. We can become fearful. Verse 29. And why take you thought of for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin. He said, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. We will fear. When you allow fear to move in where peace should be living. The perfect peace of God. Those that keep their mind on him. God, when you're going through something, just, just try to remember this. And it's easy to preach. It's tough to live it. But God has not forgotten you. God is building you. And that, it's, e- it's easy at times to sing it when you're good. All of us have seen teenagers sing, Yeah, hey, I've been faithful. Uh, okay, I hope you will be. It's tough to, but I'm going to tell you, it's true. God's building us. The last thing's this, and, and we got to get this. The remedy is the Lord. The remedy is the Lord. I want to remind us all that God is our refuge, God is our remedy. Governor Cuomo said, God did not do this, talking about flattening the curve and healing people. Let me remind you, sir, God did this. And uh, I read about one in Daniel we've been studying, Nebuchadnezzar, that said that, so be careful. Yeah, the, the God is the one who brings healing. God is the one who brings his hand of healing on a land, not any man. 
The remedy is the Lord. So here's the last verse we're going to look at. We'll shut her down. Here's the right path, Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the path, that's the right path. It should always begin right there. It should always begin on my knees. It should always begin no matter what I am wanting or deciding or having to choose. I always must consult with God. I always must look up to God. And I'll tell you right now, when we're, we're home a lot, what a great opportunity, moms and dads, uh, to walk with the kids, uh, pray with the kids, uh, let's read the Bible with the kids, sit outside on a beautiful evening, say, let's read a chapter together, and uh, let, let, let's start making some good traditions, And because the right path is to seek God. Not only the right path, because, okay, when I'm seeking God, that's telling him, you govern my life. I will submit to your laws and to your rules. And not only that, but it's the right person. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's the right person. Because when I'm focusing on God, oh, get this, I'm, I'm, I'm tying it up. When I'm focusing on God, who doesn't worry? God. We've all been there. Oh, no, i got to pay the light bill. How am I going to do that? Guess what? God does not worry about the light bill in heaven. Okay? The sun takes care of that. So if we focus on the one who is as calm as can be. As a child, when I looked at my father, my fears went away. My daddy whooped your daddy. My mama could whoop your daddy. (laughs) I mean, that's just how it was. So when I focused on the face of God, my worry would go. And his righteousness so focusing on the holiness of God will starve out worry, will starve out anxiety. I may still not understand what's going on on this earth. I may not have all the answers what's going on here. But when that does and that starts to overwhelm me, I got to get away. I got to get alone and I got to look at him. And I got to look at that holiness. And when this world is going out of their mind trying to manipulate each other, each country trying to take another, and this place and that place, and everybody wants the prestige, and everybody wants to be president, and everybody wants to have power, and everybody, I just look at a holy God, and God looks at me and says, I got this. Boy, that'll calm you down. The last thing's the right priority, the right priority. Seek ye first. Sir, your family does not come first. God does. My wife did not come first. God did and does. And by the grace of God, it's been 26 years that I've enjoyed because somebody taught me, put God first and all these things shall be added. I'll put put my love of my family up against anybody. I'll put my love of my church up against anybody. I'll put my love of my country up against anybody. But I'll tell you why, because if you put God first, all these things 